On today's show, we got some more teams we got some big questions for. We're going through the Heat, the defending champion Bucks, the Sixers. They don't have any questions. We know what they're all about. We'll talk about all those teams and more coming up on today's Friday Locked on NBA. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I know you got yeah, still stuck on like rookie of the year stuff. Same old jokes. No creativity? None. That's what I was kind of disappointed, but you have that long to prepare and that's all you have to say. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me from Locked On Nuggets from DNBR, what you got for me, Adam Morris? Beautiful day, man. A beautiful September day. The NBA season, three weeks away. We got basketball in three weeks. The media day for a lot of teams is in like a couple weeks. It's coming up, man. It's, it's absolutely wild. So like I alluded to, we're going to get into some big questions for a bunch of teams. We went through some teams last week in the Eastern Conference. We're going in alphabetical order, so we'll continue through it. Uh, and this week, we're going to hit the Pacers, the Heat, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Magic, the Sixers, the Raptors, and the Wizards. We're finishing our way through the Eastern Conference today. There is uh, some big questions being asked about some of these teams and let's get right into it. Let's not let's not stall anymore. The Indiana Pacers. Big question for them from me is what can Rick do? What can Rick Carlisle do to this team? Because I think it's going to be a big upgrade at coach. He he seems to like to take these like he he does well with star level players, right? Like Dirk and Luca. He, sure. he figured out how to use them. But these like mid tier players that are you know the the Miles Turner's the you know Brogdon is maybe a little higher than that. But he's going to take all these guys mm-hmm. that Indi- that Indiana has. And he's going to make them better, I think, all of them together. Karis LeVert, I think he's going to be great for a guy like that, figuring out exactly how to use him. And uh, I just want to know what he can do for this team. I mean, that's the thing you look at. Is he going to clash with any of these guys? And, of course, we don't know that. But I do think that this is a prime example. In fact, I think it's my number one example of a team that I think is going to outperform regular season expectations for the exact reason you just laid out. Rick Carlisle, he's a great, he's a great coach overall. When I if I say he's a great regular season coach, the implication is that he's a bad playoff coach. He is not that, but I think he is especially a very good regular season coach. And the Indiana Pacers are a team that I think are probably a little bit undervalued in part because of some of the bad injury luck that they've had. And, of course, some of that may continue uh, into this year. But I think they're a team that is probably going to be very competitive in the regular season. They have a lot of talent. And, and I expect – I don't want to say big things from them, but I do expect them to be a little <laughs> bit of a surprise team. Yeah, they're not going to be under 500, right? Like, <laughs> No. I like mean, they I, were last year. I think they might be one of those teams that actually surprises and maybe they finish ahead of a team like a Miami uh, or a Philadelphia if things break wrong for them in the regular season or in Atlanta or a New York Knicks. Uh, you know, teams that I think most people would have ahead of them, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers outperform them. Uh, you mentioned the injury history, like the injury luck last season. It was it was brutal for them. You had Demonis Sabonis, he played 62 games last year. You had Malcolm Brogdon play 56 games. You had Miles Turner, 47 games. Karis LeVert, 35 games. TJ right. Warren, only four games. Like, those right. guys, yep. they didn't need to play a lot at all last year, They're like their main group of guys. And, of course, one of the stories this week, it looks like TJ Warren maybe not going to be back as early as originally thought. So that might be a uh, an example of, uh, of some bad luck continuing into this season for them. He's obviously a huge piece of what they do. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of a – you know, a slow start for them or, or some pieces they have to move around. But, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, DeMondis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, uh, 
Justin Holiday, Tory Craig, and then of course a, a rookie I really like in Chris Duarte, who I think will make an impact in his rookie year. So they just have so much talent. They're a very, I think, deep team with a lot of players. My Your dog, dog, I think, my yeah. dog is going nuts. I'm trying to figure out. Huge Rick Carlisle fan. Come Huge here. Rick Carlisle fan. Come here. <laughs> Come here. He knew it. He, went, he, went right, he went right in his crate. He knew exactly what was he, going on. He's like, you're in I'm in trouble. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so that's the Indiana Pacers. What can Rick Carlisle do? What are Where are they going to be next season? I think that's going to be a big deal. And do they make a move, right? With Rick Carlisle, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to trade one of these guys and try and, and then blow it up. Like, they're going to trade multiple of these guys. But they may move a Miles Turner. They may move a Sabonis. They, a Brogdon. Yeah. Like, who knows? Any of these guys, I think, could be traded. Those rumors have been out there for a while with Miles Turner. I mean, we've heard his name pop up in trade rumors. I actually will say I would not be surprised if this was the year it happens. He's got two years left on his deal. I think it's probably smarter if you trade him this year. And I just think you can get something for him that would more round out the roster. Oh, look, that's a good boy right You're there. You're watching that's, on YouTube. That's a you, can very see, good boy. you can see my dog that was freaking out at somebody walking outside. A schnauzer. That's my, Yeah, miniature schnauzer. All right, let's move on to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, the big question, is it enough to beat the Nets or even the Bucks? I put in parentheses like right after it, basically. They went and got Kyle Lowry, but – they, this team just got swept by the Bucks in the first round, and Jimmy Butler was, I mean, trash. Like, just absolute trash in that series. Uh, I had I recently had Kane Pittman, the Lockdown Bucks host, on Lockdown Mavs, and he was like, you know, Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in that first round series. I was like, there's yeah, I, no way that's true. And, yes, it's true. It's absolutely true. He And he was stupid locked in going into that series. So, <laughs> he was stupid locked in then. I mean, how will he be better? Um yeah, Miami is an interesting one. First of all, I want to just point out the disrespect you just uttered. You didn't even know you had disre- you disrespected, but is it enough to beat the defending champions? No, they're the team in parentheses. You said the Nets, which, my goodness, disrespecting the the, the defending champs by putting them in parentheses. You might as well have them in a footnote. Um, no, I'm <laughs> but Miami, look, Miami, they obviously re-upped. I don't love their team long-term, but this is like a this year you add Add Kyle Lowry to this group. You add a PJ Tucker. Like they, they're going to be tough. They're going to be hard nosed. They're going to be competitive. I don't think they have enough to get over the hump there. But I do think that they are going to be a team that it would not surprise me if they got over the hump against the Bucks, the 76ers, or the Nets. I think it would take a big leap from Bam, right, for them to get over the hump. I think it would take just a big leap from him as you know being an aggressive scorer. I think would would definitely help them. But basically, well, that's what, probably yeah, me. That's their central question, though. Like Bam Adebayo, that's what's interesting about him is he's such a smart player and he's such an unselfish player. But oftentimes, players who are unselfish and smart, they have a hard time being that kind of aggressive and pushing the envelope. So for him, we've seen this with Draymond. We've seen this with a lot of great players. Can you? become something you've never been, which is to say an aggressive shooter, scorer, attacker. I don't know. It's a great, great question for Bam Adebayo. This team basically traded Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn, Trevor Reza, Kelly Olenek for Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris, and P.J. Tucker. That's sort of like the guys that left and the guys that are coming back in to this core. Seems a little lateral to me. Well, it's different. I, I agree with you. In a vacuum, it is it is lateral. Like I think those moves are lateral. But does it fit a little bit together uh, together a little bit better? That's the question. And I think and I personally think yes. But is it enough to really get them over the hump? I think the answer is no. But it's interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad teams like Miami exist that are willing to push their chips in even on a mediocre hand. 
They re- the one of the the moves that they really made that I kind of liked was that was the Tucker Markeith Morris because they really needed that that four that they didn't have. Like Trevor Reza was starting a bunch of games right. for him, and right. I don't think that he's in a spot to be starting games for a playoff team. Uh, they really didn't replace Jay Crowder. That was a big storyline, I think, from last season. And so getting those two guys, and obviously, I mean, Lowry is better than Drogic and, and none, right? Like he's definitely better than those two guys for sure, and even those guys combined. Uh, but how much better, and how much better is he going to, you know? fit with Jimmy Butler and all that kind of stuff is just going to be interesting to watch. Hot take. He's going to have a Chris Paul in Oklahoma City esque resurgence. There it is. Wow. I think Kyle Lowry's going to have one of those years where we're like, wow, how many more years can he do this? I thought he was at the tail end. That's my prediction. I Yeah, I'm with it. We were all for him to come to Dallas if he didn't end up going in Miami because we thought he could do that, that exact thing for Dallas. So. Miami Heat be really interesting to see. Uh, coming up, we've got a bunch more teams we'll get into. We'll talk more about the Bucks. I disrespected them earlier. Maybe I'll give them some more respect in this in this next segment when we get to them. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. We just watched the first NFL game. The NFL is back. It's, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the NFL is back, and then that means that basketball is coming back soon too. Right. Got lots of stuff all the time. You have NFL game props. Uh, let's see your Denver Broncos. Oh my God. Don't do this to me. First half margin of victory. You can go bet on this if you you want against the New York giants. First half margin of victory. One to six points is plus three fifty, And then it's kind of similar odds. Mm. If it's tied by the end of the first half, it's plus seven fifty. That's that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're really into, you can bet all different tiers of the game. You can bet the game. You can bet the money line, the over under. You can bet first half margin of victory. I love it. First quarter margin of victory. Exact touchdowns. First score of the game. Uh, lots of stuff you can bet on betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You get a hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Go check it out. Betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Also, tell me if you've heard this before. You have a you have one device for this thing, one device for this thing, one device for sports, one device for for all kinds of stuff. You're signed into all these different things. You need something to just bring all that stuff together. You need something to uh, to simplify the way that you get your entertainment, the way that you get your TV. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. I know us millennials love a no-contract situation. We don't like to get tied up into things. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Go to Direct directtv.com again directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package all right adam mares let's get into some more questions we just went through the pacers and heat now let's move on to the bucks my question can they repeat that's the that's the big question question. yeah uh they can i don't know if they will because i think in all of this you you will take the field over any one team that includes the nets that includes the lakers but i i absolutely here's the thing that's interesting about winning a title you gain confidence from it. Players always gain confidence. Like Giannis, he's played hard. He's played without fear. One of the big storylines this year was not a great free throw shooter. Doesn't matter. He kept attacking the best. He wasn't afraid to go to the line. He'd step up. I think that Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, the stars of that team, all get a little bit of a confidence boost knowing, like, we've done this once. We can do it again. And I just think they go to another level that puts them on par with a team like the Nets and the Lakers. That is such a good point because how many of these teams that we can start going through, like they didn't gain confidence. Like all the Toronto Raptors players all of a sudden just have this another level of, 
oh, we've been here before. We can do this. We, we can play in big games and stuff. Uh, Lakers players too, right? Like the KCPs and Kuzmas of the world, right? Like those, I think those guys gain more confidence. Obviously the stars kind of already have it, but no. uh, you mentioned Giannis. That's a, a definitely a, a next tier. They're sort of, be, they're going to be playing with house money. And I think this team got better. They, they lost basically PJ Tucker and Jeff Teague and no. they'll, they'll get George Hill, Grayson Allen, Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale. And then Dante DiVincenzo didn't he only right. played three games right. in the playoffs. They're getting him back as well. I think that is a big upgrade. Like going from Jeff Teague to George Hill is an upgrade. It's a I, I'm not sure if it's a huge upgrade, but it is an upgrade. Grayson Allen is a sneaky good pickup for them. It is. And I know he's very hateable. He's punchable, this or that. Like gets <laughs> under uh, other fan bases will really not like him, but I think he's a solid player for, you know, an end of like end of the rotation type guy. So I, I'm with you, man. I think this is a, a – I think the Bucks will once – I want to say surprise people, but only because everybody puts them in parentheses, as you did to start the show. They I slammer them. I, I, think, I think they're going to be a legitimate top tier right there in the mix with everybody else all season long. They went seven games with the Nets team, and they didn't have all three of their guys. If they have all three of their guys, I just – this I think it's more I you say it's disrespect to the Nets and it probably is but I think it's are you disrespect to the Bucks but I think it's more just respect to those three guys and how how good this Brooklyn team's gonna be. I'm so curious to see what Giannis does uh, this year. Like I said, he has the crown. He's he's sitting on the throne. I, I just I'm so curious to see what kind of boost and what kind of swagger he plays with this season, knowing that he's on top of the mountain. And he's going to take all this, all, you know, stupid people like me saying that the <laughs> Nets are so much better than them, right? Like, he's going to take that to heart, I think, and really take it personal. All these Nets games, like Bucks nets regular season, I think it starts off the season, but all those games are, like, must-watch for me, just to see what Giannis is going to do. Middleton and Holiday, too. I mean, those guys obviously performed fantastically throughout the playoffs and in the finals, and I just wonder, a guy like Middleton has always been, like, that second-tier star, right? People almost discount him. I wonder if he takes another leap in him knowing he was, in a lot of ways, the closer on a championship team. Does he go up another whole other level? Drew Holiday, does he shoot the ball with a little bit more confidence? I, I kind of think that those things will happen for the Bucks this year. Yeah, and uh, can, I mean Dante DiVincenzo sh- should still you know take another step yeah. forward as a player. He's you know young guy that's still growing and all that. Uh, yeah, lo- lots of stuff with the Bucks. There'll be a fun team to watch next year, and hopefully they they take all this personally and put on a good show. All right. Speaking of putting on a show, the Madison Square Garden living New York Knicks. My big question for the New York Knicks: What is happening with Frank? I need to know. Is my is my guy okay? Where is Frank Nilakina? Yeah, I can't answer that question for you. Um, I, <laughs> that that's not my number one question, but I definitely can't answer that one for you. Can I give you some more spice? Ooh. I'm selling the New York Knicks. I'm selling them. I have not like two billion dollars for them. I think. Well, <laughs> I, think yeah, I guess I, yeah, I could get a lot of money if I was actually selling them. No, I'm selling them though this year as a team. I think that they had a sort of Cinderella run last year. It was a great year. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I look at that roster and I go. Are they meaningfully better than the teams that finished ahead of them, including the Atlanta Hawks? I don't think so. Are they meaningfully better or even at all better than the Miami Heat, even the Indiana Pacers in a regular season? Mm. I don't know that they are. So I think they might be a team that takes a little bit of a step back in the, in, in the standings this year. It's a real interesting situation for the Knicks right now because they finished fourth, and you're like, okay, we feel really good about the season. But they tied with the Hawks. The Hawks should be a little better because the Hawks went on that run when they switched coaches. And so you'd think that if that can hold up and the Hawks get some confidence in making an Easter Conference Finals, that that team will be better. And then the Miami Heat got better, 
And so they'll yeah. be they'll be better. Then you have teams like like you mentioned, the Celtics, the Pacers, they underperformed last year because of injury, because of COVID, because of a lot of things. And so if those two teams don't, then all of a sudden, if those two teams are both better than the Knicks, you're talking and the Hawks, then you're talking about the the Knicks as a seven, eight seed instead of a four seed. It's a big difference. Uh, and then maybe a team like the the Wizards is better, you know. I guess that's kind of the only other the Hornets maybe I guess <laughs> I guess not, neither of those teams are probably gonna be that much better. But uh, my big my actual big question is is are they going to lose their identity? Because this team last year was 23rd in the league on offense, third in the league on, in defense. Yeah. And they went out and they needed to add guys that can get their own shot. It was it was very apparent in that playoff series with the Hawks. So they go get Evan Fournier, they go get Kemba Walker. But if they're playing both those guys, is that a defensive team that you're really scared of anymore? <laughs> Any, like, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, they that's start a good Fournier question. and Kemba and R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and like you know Mitchell Robinson or Nerlens Noel. That team is so different. Like Alfred Payton, for all the flaws on offense, is way better defensively than the Kemba Walker. And uh, they lost Reggie Bullock, which is a, a you know he started a lot of games for them. He's a defensive you know player yeah. that they're going that they're basically replacing with Fournier, and his defense is. Nowhere close to his, so the offense will be better. But will their defense that got them to where they were this past season, you know, falter too? You talked about the, the identity and as an offense defense sort of schism. Like, what do they lose some of the defense in favor of of gaining a little offense? I actually think another way that they are sort of divided is by age. I mean, you look at what they added this year. They added Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, Kemba Walker. Not exactly, you know, none of those guys spring chickens. But you also add Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride to all, go along with uh, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, you know, some some younger players. And I just think, like, is this a young team? Is it an old team? Is it a team trying to blend the two? And you can blend the two when you are a great team that's just adding some pieces around the perimeter. But the core of this team is both young and old at the same time. And I just – that's the thing that I look at and I go, hmm, are they going in two different directions in that way? So they're, they have an identity crisis right now, which is uh, crisis. which is very much something that a second-tier Tibbs coach team does, <laughs> I think, at a certain point. For sure. Uh, all right, the uh, the Orlando Magic. We're moving on to the Orlando Magic. We're going south a little bit. My question is, what are they building? Uh, mm. What is what is this team building? What are what do they have? And then which guard pops? They got they have these three guards and four if you count RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz who they gave the contract to, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs who everyone is excited about, and then RJ Hampton. Which one of those guys really pops? Because it seems like they're going to have to make a decision on okay, who's the guy? And it's may mm-hmm. just be down to Fultz and Suggs? Like, will we have to make a decision on this? And will they have to move Fultz if they just decide that Suggs is the guy after they gave Fultz this contract and rehabilitated his image and all that? Well, I think I, I don't think so because I think both of those guys are, are probably the, the guys. Jalen Suggs, first and foremost, I think he probably at this point has the most upside and, and is the most likely to hit that upside. Markel Fultz is a fascinating prospect even still, uh, and I think he is the second one that you look at there. I like R.J. Hampton. I'm an R.J. Hampton fan, but he still to me is a guy that I would not be surprised if he did not hit. He's by no means a lock. I love his energy. I love his athleticism. I, I love everything I've heard about his work ethic and his ability to grow. But when you don't have a reliable jump shot, especially an off-the-dribble jump shot, then you're kind of starting from behind in today's NBA. You've also got Gary Harris, who's in the final year of his yeah. deal. Is he a buyout candidate, guys? Is he a trade guy? Like, I don't I don't know where he fits into all of this equation. Um, but to me, I look at it and I go Suggs and Fultz, and then from there is where the questions begin, including Cole Anthony. 
Another like smaller question is what is Jamal Mosley as a coach? We, we, Jamal Mosley was an assistant for the Mavericks for a long time. He was Luca's guy. He was Luca's assistant for a while. He knows how to, you know, help guys like that develop in the NBA. So what is he going to be like as a coach? We had, we've, we've known this team as a Steve Clifford team that they don't give up anything in the regular season, right? They like go for broke. Maybe Jamal Mosley will lean into the development angle a little bit more than Steve Clifford did. Uh, maybe he gives a guy like Mo Bamba a chance <laughs> that he hasn't had before. So maybe this is a you know a different team than uh, than we've seen in the past. Yeah, I'm. They'll be interesting. I mean, I really like, like I said, Jalen Suggs, Fultz, and R.J. Hampton are all very interesting to me. Jonathan Isaac's very interesting to me, but they are a team that. It almost feels like this is year one of the rebuild. It's actually the fifth year one of a rebuild in Orlando. Yeah, seriously. My my other question for Orlando is, can I follow Robin Lopez around for one off day in Orlando? Because <laughs> Robin Lopez lives in a community in Orlando that is connected to and maybe owned by Disney. And they get like season passes. If you live in this community, he lives there. And so as soon as he signed with Orlando, we, we know that him and his brother love, you know, Disney and comics and all Marvel and all that kind of stuff. I just want to follow them around one day and just like go to is Disney. Is he going to be good or bad this year because of it that? It doesn't matter. He's just living there because he <laughs> loves Disney. That's literally the only thing I thought of. But I, I'm just wondering, does this mean he's like in his happy place? So we're going to get a, a rejuvenated Robin Lopez, or does this mean he's like early retirement? He's already like out. This is this is the classic Jalen Rose. Keep getting them checks. Like just okay. keep getting, all right. keep yeah, getting you might them checks right. for Robin Lopez. Okay. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some of these other teams. We got three teams, and they're kind of big ones. The Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Big big questions for them. The Toronto Raptors and the Washington Wizards are both kind of interesting. We'll get into them coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models for cars, it's impossible for chain stores, for the stores you see on the side of the road, to keep every single part. Like, how would that be possible? How big would that warehouse have to be to keep all these parts? Rock Auto has that, and they have them right in front of you. You can go check it out. Save time and money with rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more money and probably time at the same time for these parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On on there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're always coming out with new stuff, new flavors. They recently came out with uh, protein balls, which are gluten, grain, and dairy-free. So if you've been holding off because of a dietary restriction or something like that, you can go check out those. And they brought back the Puffs. Adam, have you had any of these Puffs? I know Churro Puff was a flavor before. That I think oh, we, man, that we, was my one. The Churro Puff, that was that's the all-time goat. That we got sent. Now they have banana cream puff. They also had uh, they had coconut. They had a coconut puff before that I jumped on as soon as I saw it. You got to keep checking back at built.com. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com to get your built bars. All right, Adam Mars, let's get into the, our last three teams in the Eastern Conference the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh boy. My big question for them who blinks first? Right, mm-hmm. like who falters first? Who makes the first move? Who does like does, does Ben? What happens first? Ben Simmons goes to training camp, like shows up at training camp, or they make a trade, like they make a trade and send him out? Because that to me is the big question for this whole team. I think he gets traded three or four days after training camp opens. Mm. <laughs> this is like this happens in the NFL actually all of the time. Doesn't always happen in the NBA because I think teams always blink way, way, way early. They just know where this is headed. 
but yeah, I think if there's this hope of like maybe he shows up, maybe things are okay, but no, it's not going to be okay. No. And three, four days into this, they're going to blink and and, and trade him. Um, and to be fair, I think other teams will blink too. There's a lot of teams that could use Ben Simmons as early as this year. Minnesota, Portland, you know, there's suitors out there. Even Indiana, we talked about earlier. So I think some team eventually things heat up and it snowballs and there's a deal done. Yeah, it's just it's just the only thing standing the way, the way of this team. Like I don't feel like we can even talk about this team because we don't know what they look like. Because Ben Simmons not going to be on this team. And it's what just, they get in return is really determines this because yes. Philadelphia is a good, very, very good team. They've got a lot of pieces in place, but they are by no means a team that can afford to not nail this 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 trade no. when, when when it does happen. So they need to get good return on it. They need some teams to start getting into some kind of bidding war. And Daryl Morey knows it. That's why he's that's why he's been willing to play this game of chicken. Yeah, th- this team without Ben Simmons is Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, you know Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Tybel. You still have Danny Green, Shake Milton. Like that's sort that's of thing. It's good though. That's a good team. It's just not. It's just not a contender. It's just not a contender. No. So what they get from Ben Simmons is absolutely crucial. If they can pull off, like, what does a CJ McCollum? If they did that deal, that Mm. that people have keep throwing out there, like, what Mm. does that do for this team? I I don't. I don't think it gets them over the hump. It's it's you know good. They're good again. They're going to be contenders. They'll be in the conversation, but but they're not worth. That's not good return, in my opinion. My other big question about the Philadelphia 76ers. Can I just be a fly on the wall in practice the first time that it's the one-on-one Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond? I just need it. I just, <laughs> I just need to see what Andre Drummond's going to – gonna like his body language. I need to see what Joel Embiid's going to say. I just need to see it because Joel Embiid has like almost abused Andre Drummond in the past on social media and on the court, and now they're on the same team. Is there any chance that – like, because Andre Drummond, I feel like, is almost aloof about this. Like, you know, he's, ah, it's not a big deal. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> he was messing with me, right? Like, ah, I did. Yeah, it's like, ah, not friends. really. I don't respect you as a player. Like, <laughs> you can't guard me. So, <laughs> I do wonder if there's, you know, you, you, you talk about with, with sports, you want to know that the guys on your team are guys you can trust in the foxhole. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Joel Embiid has said he does that nobody should trust Andre Drummond in the foxhole. Now he has to climb in the foxhole with them. So, well, uh, we'll, we'll find out. They'll never ever play together, right? Like, if they do, oh no! What, what, has, what no. has happened? <laughs> you know what? I've been waiting. It's funny you bring this up. This is a bit of a sidetrack, but I'm waiting for the team that can get away with something so unconventional. Like, no way you could to defend. Zig while everyone else zags. <laughs> but that's such a big. Like, what team has the bodies to to guard? That's that's almost 600 pounds of center. That's a lot. That's <laughs> 600 pounds of, of of beef. Like those are those are big dudes. <laughs> you know who has the the bodies to do it is the Cavs. <laughs> They got they, yeah, they have some. Well, I don't even know. Not even they're they tall and the Play Lowry at three. Play, play Lowry marketing at three. <laughs> I mean, you need three of the Cavs centers to weigh as much as those two guys on the on the seventy sixers. <laughs> yeah, I guess the beef ang- angle of it is a little bit. So yeah, be- Sixers. And that's the big. It seems obvious, but it just is. Is Ben Simmons or Clutch going to move first, or is Maury and the Sixers going to move first? It seems like it has to be Maury and the Sixers, but we'll see. The Toronto Raptors of Canada. My question, and there's probably a bigger question, but what is Scotty Barnes? It seems like that's a big question for this team moving forward, and it will determine, I think that question, if when that question is answered, it'll determine the, the fate of this team because they're another team like the Knicks you mentioned. They have all these guys. Like 
Van Vliet, Siakam, and Chris Boucher, I guess, too, are all kind of in their prime. They're all 27, 28. They're all, like, right in that zone. And then you have this younger tier of guys, like OG, he's 24. Scotty Barnes is 20. Precious Chichua, they got in the trade, is 22. Malachi Flynn is 23. They have, like, these prime guys. They don't have any old guys. Like, I think the oldest guy on their team is Ken Birch, and he's 29. That's the oldest guy on their team. They have these prime guys, and then guys, like, really young that are still trying to figure it out in the league. Well, you didn't name the guy who I think is the single most interesting player on all of Toronto. And that's not really saying much. I don't know that Toronto is all that interesting. But the number one most interesting player uh, to me is Gary Trent Jr., who they brought in and are even paying to be some not, not quite a star player, but they're showing, hey, we believe you to be like a real impact piece for this team. And I got to be honest with you, I'm 50-50 on it. There's part of me that sees him play and I think – this is a guy that has incredible confidence in himself. He's a gamer. He brings it. He has plays with intensity. He can really shoot the ball. He gets hot and he knocks down everything. But he's also a guy a little inconsistent. I don't know if he's a superstar. I don't know if he's versatile and offensively versatile enough to do a bunch of different things. So he's the guy I'm looking at. I don't think Toronto's a great team this year. I don't think they're all that interesting. But he's a guy that if he has a big year and shows some flashes, he might be a guy that Toronto looks at and says, wow, okay, we've got him for three years. We can start to build around like he's a he's a player you're not building around, but he's a guy that makes us say, hey, we could put a team that includes him on the court very soon that can compete. I should have remembered Gary Trent Jr. was on this team. That should have been part of the question for sure. <laughs> but I'm gonna blame this on basketball reference. They don't have him on their roster. Really? Yeah, that's pretty wild. We should uh I'm gonna I'm probably gonna tweet them as soon as we're done here that Gary Trent Jr. is not on the I roster. Formal so, complaint. Yeah, he he's definitely a guy that w- would go into that that category of, you know, we got big questions and they gave him a deal and they're trying to figure out exactly what he is. He's 22. So he's in that lower section, you know, with the, with OG and Scotty Barnes and precious. So is, are they just going to trade off some of these pieces like Van Vliet and Siakam? They've been Siakam. Like, I don't even know if they're rumors, I guess it's rumblings or just maybe just fake trades that people have thrown Siakam in. But this is part of what I mean though. Like those guys are great. And obviously they were around for the championship and, and they're really good players, but if Gary Trent, in a weird way, if Gary Trent is just like, okay, he's not that great. I don't know if he's a piece of a contender. Then maybe you do try to move on from a Siakam and say, hey, we're in rebuild mode. Let's let's see right. what we can get. But if, if Gary Trent does make a leap, and again, I'm not projecting him to, but if he makes a leap and and, and plays like the best version of himself and he gets uh, some more touches and it, and it looks like he's up for the challenge, then maybe they do look at that and go, hey, we got Siakam, we got Van Fleet, now we have Gary Trent Jr. We got a third wheel to, to this thing. And, you know, the Goran Dragic's now all of a sudden look like, hey, we these are veterans that we can trust to be on the court and compete. So that's why I say Gary Trent represents to me the pivot point of what direction Toronto goes this year. It's a good call. Uh, Washington Wizards, our last team here. My question, what are they? <laughs> what are the Washington Wizards? This team is so different than it was a year ago or even like four months ago. They lost Westbrook. Uh, the previously mentioned Robin Lopez, Ish Smith, Alex Len, Garrison Matthews, Isaac Bonga, and Mo Wagner. And I think if you just heard that list in a vacuum, you're like, oh, they're they're, they're probably okay, right? <laughs> like they, they lost all those yeah. players. I think they're okay losing all those guys. They replaced them with Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, Corey Kispert, Aaron Holiday, and Isaiah Todd. Like that is that's a lot of decent guys. Dinwiddie well, probably a good good guy, and then like some interesting young guys that you're not really sure exactly what they are yet that have little upside. Dinwiddie's an interesting one. I mean, we'll see what he looks like. You know, we'll just see what kind of player he looks like on the court. But you, here's the thing that's interesting: Spencer Dinwiddie can get into the paint. At least he he could, you know, prior to the injuries. But he could get into the paint. Bradley Beal, great shooter. 
Davis Bertans, great shooter. Uh, Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, very good shooters, good shooters. Kuzma uh, thinks, thinks he's a great shooter. Yeah, but good. Like, okay, for their position, like stretch <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah. Corey Kispert, great shooter. Like, you've got all of a sudden some elite spacing or lineups that you could throw out there with some elite spacing that makes me think this could be a really fun team. I don't know if they can guard a chair, mm-hmm. but they could be a team that could really uh, space you out and be one of those teams that you look at up and you're like oh wow look how many threes they've made in this game They're 25 threes deep into this game um and just light it up so i think they could be a really fun interesting mediocre team yeah their guards their starting backcourt's going to be spencer dinwiddie and bradley beal that's great like that's really good those are some pretty big guards for sure kcp holiday and raul neto coming off the bench and then their wing their wing situation is so wild like i could by the end of the season any of these guys could be starting and any of them could be coming off the bench between rui hachimura denny avdia kyle kuzma and davis bertans like those four guys like any combination of them by the end of the season could be starting off the bench anything I even thought, forgot to include Rui in there, who I think is also another just like interesting player that could yeah. provide maybe not necessarily shooting, but he could be another guy that benefits from all this extra spacing. And had a good Olympics. He had a good good summer, I think. Uh, I think he's the leader sure. in the pack among those four wings as far as you know who's going to start. But and then they're they're centers of Gafford who came on strong, Thomas Bryant coming back, and then Montrezl Harrell. Where does Montrezl Harrell even fit in this team? Yeah, but yeah, that's. I think that, they're actually a sneaky, interesting team, and then of course they've got a, a brand new coach in West Central Junior. That I'm, I have no. He was here in Denver. I have no idea what he's going to look like or, or, or how they're going to play out there. So another sort of mystery team that I wouldn't be surprised if things went sideways, and maybe Bradley Beal finally does get moved or re- formally request a trade or any of that. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Bradley Beal just averages 35 points a game on a team that scores like crazy yeah, at yeah. every single game is a 130-125 shootout. Yeah, it's another team. They changed the coach, and we know what this team was and who they liked with Scott Brooks. We don't know that now anymore, right? Like we we've seen, uh, you know, Sekou Dumboya just got traded from the the Pistons for basically you know nothing, and so they just gave up on that experiment because it was a new regime with the Pistons. What yeah. will that be like with the Wizards? It's going to be really interesting to see uh, that team. They should be fun to watch. It should be it, every time that the Wizards play your team, whoever your team is, if you're listening to this. Uh, it'll be a fun game because we'll score a bunch of points and your team For will get, sure. to, get to score a bunch of points, right? For sure. It'll be For a sure. fun up and down game. So there you go. That's our questions for the entire Eastern Conference. We finally went through all of them. Let us know what you think in the comments. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to uh, Locked On Nuggets, Locked On Mavs. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Oh.